0: I'm Alicia. Welcome to T.O. of guys. Happy Black History Month. It's a very wonderful, very wonderful month. We're going to have some serious celebration. Let's do and it, Carol. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about
1: how to marry two different styles when you live with someone else. Before we get into that, Alicia, you know I need to know, girl, what you're sipping on.
0: I am having really special tea, especially for Black History Month, with the Black Tea Company. It's called Sweet Fang. It's a decadent blend of cacao shells, strawberry slices, cinnamon, vanilla, apple, and cacao. That sounds delicious. Lights with milk. I was thinking about. When you did that latte the other day, last week, hmm. it was good. Yeah, it's a nice tea. Sweet thing. I like it. So, what you sipping on? I also
1: have a tea from a Black-owned tea company. I'm hooked on the tea my sister sent me from Just Tea. So I had to go and try another one of their teas. And this one is called Purple Rain. You know, I'm also a Prince fan. So this is called Purple Rain, and it's bright tropical infusion of juicy passion fruit, sweet lemongrass, crisp apple, and a hint of hibiscus. It has all the purple tea super antioxidant benefits, and it is low in caffeine and delicious. That sounds so nice. I would love that. So it's time for us to move on to
0: these <laughs> let's hear it
1: so in honor of black history Month, i wanted to shine a spotlight on architect paul william have you ever heard of him alicia you're kidding right yeah come on girl this is what i do it's my thing no i'm just i'm just asking all <laughs> yeah. right so for our listeners Paul Revere Williams is someone you definitely need to Google. He was born in downtown Los Angeles in 1894 when he turned four. His parents, Chester and Lila, died of tuberculosis. A family friend raised him and told him he was so bright he could do anything he wanted. And what he wanted was to design homes for families, perhaps because he lost his own so early in life. Despite warnings from those who thought he was being impractical, your own people can't afford you and white clients won't hire you. As one such warning, Williams became an architect. He began designing homes and commercial buildings in the early 1920s. By the time he died in 1980, he had created some 2,500 buildings, most of them in and around Los Angeles, but also around the globe. And he did it as a pioneer. Yeah. He was the first black architect, to become a member of the American Institute of Architects in 1923. That's right. In 1957, he was inducted as the American Institute of Architects' first Black fellow. His granddaughter, Karen Hudson, has been chronicling his life and works over the past two decades. And her latest Paul R. Williams classic Hollywood style focuses on some of the homes of his celebrity clients. They feature many characteristics that were innovative when he used them in the 1920s through the 1970s. And they're considered common practice now, like the patio as an extension of the house and hidden retractable screens. We have Mr. Paul Revere Williams to thanks for that. When he began his career, he could not find any Black architects to be his
0: role model. So when you can't find something... You do it yourself. One of my dearest friends is a um, realtor in the Los Angeles, uh, Southern California market. And she introduced me to him, actually. And some of the houses that I saw while traveling around L.A. with her were amazing. I'm like just in awe of this great man. And he designed many houses in LA and some of them you will know Frank Sinatra's house, Lucille Ball and Dizzy Arnaz. I mean a whole host of houses that may not have had famous people but usually very well established people. So he's he's got a wonderful style and he's highly regarded. So if you get a Paul Williams house, you're doing something in LA. And I saw many of them. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, just timeless. I love it.
1: Okay, so today's topic, Alicia, we are talking about how to marry two styles when you're with a couple and how to marry two styles if you're just looking to figure out how to marry two styles.
2: Because you like two different styles and you don't know how to choose.
0: All right, let's talk about that. So you live in a household with another human being, your husband, and would you say that you both have exactly the same design aesthetic? He likes my choices, but we don't actually have the same...
1: I don't think we have the same design style. His design style is just like something very clean. He just likes it to look clean. I pick things out and I ask him, hey, do you like this? I give him like choices and he
0: picks. And it's usually something that I like. When two people have really opposing styles, like let's say somebody is really into a blingy, glam type of style, and the other one, which let's say they really don't have a specific style, but they just like things to be cozy. I've heard this a lot. I've come across it a lot. And usually the man will be like, I just want it to feel cozy. I like it to be warm. They usually mean like it doesn't need to have too much adornment, too many pillows, too much fuss. That's their way of saying just... Keep it clean. Keep it simple. I just need- No flowers. I don't need all that. Like, I don't need all that, but that's fine. How do you take someone who really likes a glamorous look and someone who rather just keep it simple? What would you recommend?
1: So I would take some of the elements from Glam and mix it with the rustics. For example, the lighting fixture. I could probably find a fixture that has a rustic edge to it, but kind of has some little blingy to it to give it that glam- you know that higher style. So what I would do is try to marry the like find things that might feel warm and cozy, but that have that higher style to
0: it, so that it can feel more luxurious and glamorous. So let me just tell you about what I'm, what aesthetically I'm thinking about for that client or that couple. I believe the furniture should be natural, medium tone, warm accent pieces, not the main pieces right? So your accent pieces, if it's a bedroom, the end tables or nightstand. If it's in a living room, the end tables or coffee table or the armoire or a piece of furniture that may receive the television, whether it's a console or whatever. Let those warm tones be in the anchor pieces of furniture or sorry, accessory pieces of furniture. Some of them could be anchor. Depends on the size of the room and the scale of the furniture and all of that. Then in order to really make sure that the house feels glamorous, that's where your light fixtures, you know, your lamps, your ceiling fixtures, your accessories, you can do a little more glam with that. I think it's nice to partner, okay, or complement each style with the other's strongest element. So wood tones for the rustic, wood furniture, and then glamorous pieces like things that are sparkly, things that have some finish on it, things that, you know, the metals are, or the glass is iridescent, the crystals are, you know, shiny and faceted. You know, these are the things that if you mix it up and you introduce both, you can get a nice offering that accommodates both people's interests and aesthetic.
1: I agree. My advice always when I'm working with a couple is to first understand that most styles they're a blend of some other style right whether it was traditional and then modern and then the next thing is you should really respect the other person's design aesthetic and come up with a compromise even though it might come from another style there's usually something you may like that the other person suggests so don't knock it till you try it don't argue over what you don't like that the other person said. So let's say someone's like, how about this real lime green color? Don't say, oh, what are you, stupid? Why would you want that lime green? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you know, don't argue about it. Just say, "Mm, it's not for me. And just move on to the next thing. So that way you can keep the flow going and you can really narrow down the things that you're gonna wanna put into that space. The next thing is find commonalities. Okay, maybe your partner like brush gold finishes. Oh, you like brush gold finishes. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe your partner's like, you know, I don't mind a Persian rug. And you're like, I don't either. Oh my gosh, checkpoint number two. Your partner's like, I love neutral colors as well. That's another thing. Let's write that down. Choose the color of wood you like and then write that down. The more things you guys can find in common together, the easier it's going to be to marry your two different styles. So the last thing I'm going to say is focus on the feel of the space instead of the style. So many people are like, I like traditional. I like modern. I like shabby chic. I like, you know, and they're naming all these different styles when they don't realize that there are some styles that have a lot of things in common, which can help your designer actually help you create the space of your dreams but make sure you're focusing on how you want the space to feel i want it to feel warm and cozy i want it to feel light bright and airy i want to feel energetic when i come in these are the type of things that you need to concentrate on instead of the aesthetics and instead of what the style is so alicia i think that i've given them great strategies to how to approach two different ways this is more like a negotiation kind of thing but how about you talk to us about how you're going to marry two different styles
0: it all ends up being customized doesn't it when you're working with a designer yes you're right we all have ideas we have ideas and very very seldom do you get to execute your complete and total idea or a client because they will veto some stuff and they should veto some stuff because it's not about you. Nope. I tell my clients all the time, this is not my house. I don't live here. They look at me so funny and I'm like, I, I'm not designing for Alicia. I'm designing for you. So at the end of the day, when I leave here and go to my house that I designed and I love and I feel good in, I'm gonna leave you here in your house that you should love and you should feel good in and I designed for you. So... They have to infuse or interject their personality. So it's definitely going to have a lot of different elements than what you envisioned initially. It's just a plan, you know? It's not supposed to be the ultimate delivered project.
1: Also, I think, like, when you're deciding on two different styles for people, sometimes one of the parties is willing to give up one of those spaces for the other person's style. Usually. Especially if they don't really use it. It's usually, like, the bedroom That they want to have married in the living room. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah. I think what is best when you're drawn to two different aesthetics, it's really very, very important to choose out of those different styles what really resonates with you. Once you've identified what resonates with you, like for instance, in the glam, the Hollywood glam or the glam aesthetic, decide if it's the shiny things or I call it glitter, but the things that have, you know, some form of reflective quality or iridescence. Then you can go looking for those items that are accessory items because they can always be edited as your taste changes or you just want to augment it. You know, you want to add a little pop of color maybe. So I would choose those items that you feel in those pictures when you're perusing Pinterest, when you're looking at that and seeing, oh my goodness, I love this. Just look at what it is that really resonates with you. And those are the things you want to write down to look for when you're out shopping. The same thing with an alternate style, a style that is not like the first one. Find out the elements within that style that really resonate with you and really look for those. Now, I will tell you that usually when combining styles, because I do it a lot in my own home, I suggest... That your anchor pieces, your large furniture, substantial pieces, follow the style that you are most anchored in, you know, most solid in. So I, I really like vintage pieces, like I like vintage homes. I like homes that are older. And the pieces, I, if you go through my house, you'll see that they have a very traditional and older style than the era in which we live. Now. So those pieces are solid wood. Those pieces are, they have turned legs and they may not have all of the traditional elements, but they will have mostly those. A sofa, my case goods, those things look like they could have been around for. 100 years. But my pillows, my throws, my artwork, those things are more current. Those are things that may speak to a present-day aesthetic. And without labeling them, you have to find a way to marry them. Now, I'm going to give a few suggestions on how to do that without getting too technical. Choose a limited color palette. So you all know that I love the 8 crew. And I think it is. It's a color and a non-color. It provides the foundation for the layering and the adding and subtracting of color as seasons come and go or as your taste changes. I think, well, you know, you could spend a small fortune on throw pillows. Believe me, I've done it, especially since I just recently changed my layout in the living room by adding two really strong statement accent chairs. And so it had this really pretty seafoamy green color. So I had to go out and look for that. But I don't like color to punch you in the face. So I'm going to look for the most subtle and subdued accent pillows that have those colors. So okay. choose a limited color palette. Don't try to mix up too many colors together. For instance, you want to do something that is a a very neutral background. I also like to see people choose a pattern that flows through the space. And this is not necessarily a pattern in fabric. But Mm -hmm. a shape I like a shape to be consistent And so like in my dining room I have these spheres They're they're these ovals Mm -hmm. That are in the light fixture The light fixture is rectangular But the metalwork Has these oval forms I've also Mm -hmm. done two oval chairs With the back is very visible From the room When you are entering it And so I try to repeat those You may want to get lamps that have Some oval esque motif. And those are the kind of things that when you repeat a shape or a pattern, it makes the space feel cohesive. Yes. Also, yeah, you agree with that?
1: Yeah, we talked about that in one of our episodes. We talked about the elements, the principles of design. So if you go back to that, you're going to want to use some of these principles to help you make some of these
2: decisions. But yes, I love that. Now, the other thing is making the really, I, I don't want to call it the oddball, but the item that is the most strong, the element that has the most personality and the most character in a particular style, make it the focal point. It really just enhance it, like make it be about that thing. And then everything else, in my opinion, if it, if that's super strong, then everything else pales in comparison. You want all of those other items just to be subdued, very quiet, very complimentary. So this makes it capable or, or that piece that's really very unique can really stand out. And that's a way to really be a sophisticated approach to design. Also, you might want to choose items in the room when you have a strong piece, That are kind of stock furnishings. They're kind of basic. They, as once again, they don't compete with the items or item that is super strong. And I guess you could just really be good about your accessorizing. And when I mean that, I mean, you don't want to just put everything you love in the room. You want to just try to pick a theme and go with that theme. If it's a shape, then look for accessories that nod to that shape look for if it's not a shape and it's a color then look for things that are constantly bringing that color in or look for a textured item because texture sometimes we forget that and texture sometimes gets lost and everything feels flat so you want to do that you want to mix that up i think that's all i have
1: for you before we go i just want everyone to know that We absolutely love doing this podcast and we can't do it without support from our listeners. So in our show notes, you will find there's a link. You can go ahead and support this podcast so that it can make it possible for us to have more episodes in the future. Go to teobinteriors.com and sign up for our newsletter So we can send you out some exciting tips and things that we're doing. Our one-year anniversary is coming up soon. And we are going to celebrate by having a virtual tea party Q&A. So Mm. be sure you're on our mailing list for that. So you can get notified when that happens. And we'll be talking more about that. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Alicia. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Okay. of interiors is brought to you by Truesdale Morrison Staging and Design follow us on Instagram at Truesdale Morrison Design as well as on Facebook don't forget to share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow us on Spotify as well as give us a review on Apple Podcasts so that we can grow we'll
2: see you next week